0: to the Tron Church Talking Points Podcast. We're here today with Phil Copeland and Josh Johnson and we're going to be discussing the sermons from Sunday um, which was Willie Phillip preaching on Ezekiel and Josh Johnson preaching from Luke's Gospel. We're going to start off um, thinking about what Willie was preaching. Um, it was a very hard-hitting passage and particularly shocking. I think most people I spoke to after church on Sunday had never heard anyone preaching on it before, and it was pretty horrific. Um, even just listening to the reading, and um, yeah, it was it's just particularly striking and and yeah, horrible really to think that that's what the human heart is like. We are actually just like Israel were um when Ezekiel was writing, and um, yeah, the reality of the human heart is not pretty, and I think that's why it's just so helpful. Um, to be reading from chapter 16 and also um, dipping into chapter 17 and reading from the end of that mm-hmm. chapter, which basically brings great hope to people who are full of sin. And um, yeah, I think it was really um, great to hear um, all of the kind of disobedience and rebellion of Israel. Um, and despite that, even in the face of that, God um is so gracious and keeps his promises keeps his covenant and um will he finish the sermon indeed with that amazing hope um but first of all he he started off um speaking about rescue hmm. um and Josh maybe you could share with us a bit about that um what um do you think what do you think is so important why do you think it's so important for us to kind of understand what we've been rescued from
1: yeah I think it is a very um, pointed structure to to chapter sixteen, isn't it? That beautiful picture at the start of the one that no one would look at, that no eye would pity. Um, and as Willie kind of unpacked that so helpfully, that 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 would have been fairly common uh, culturally. That you know, it just be who who would even look at something so um, ugh, um, unwanted and a, a, a kind of blooded mess. Yeah. But God in His um, great kindness, without any without any merit that deserves it, um, brought a wonderful rescue that 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 peaked yeah. in verse fourteen, brought to splendour that was bestowed on on them. That this unwanted uh, reject uh, was uh, gifted a, a glorious inheritance, a glorious um, life and future with uh, uh, well, ultimately. It's with lord god but it, but it is a, it's a beautiful picture and i guess we think about election and predestination all these sorts of things really understanding um how it works uh, needs to begin with actually understanding that the sort of horrors of sin and how how undeserved it actually is people often get caught mm-hmm. up in, in the fairness of these things but actually understanding how how undeserved it is for en- for anyone anything to be saved but mm-hmm. actually that god still um um works in salvation to rescue is a it's a it's a really beautiful beautiful picture to start off with
2: and i was just struck by that point and particularly verse 10 where they highlighted the language there of the clothing that the the kind saviour rescuer placed upon his uh young this young, young woman that he's rescued is the uh, the the clothing of priests, uh, yeah. priesthood, is just highlighting the fact that God's people are saved for the most glorious purpose, mm. to be a kingdom of priests to the nations. They were, they were saved by God's lavish generosity, not because they'd done anything. I mean, Deuteronomy verse nine, uh, chapter nine spells that out, mm. and they were they were saved to be the light to the nations, so the nations would look. Israel and and see the true God in them reflected through them, as they uh, walked by the obedience of faith, you know, doing His commands, uh, showing off His beauty and His goodness. Mm. So they were rescued for the the highest purpose of all, and given that splendor. And you're right. Chapter verse fourteen is is a is a beautiful picture, isn't it? So it's, it's describing what we saw actually probably in the days of. Solomon, <laughs> that mm. glorious time of the kingdom. Yeah. But sadly, the chapter moves on, doesn't it? <laughs> then you get this you get this disgraceful rejection. The disgusting rejection. And gosh, it was so hard to read. I was reading it out at Queen's Park and it is so heartbreaking and h- horrible. Yeah. What, what 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 happens next? It's a It's Not a okay. kindness, um
1: it's actually a kindness of the Lord to put it in such Horrendous, um, vivid um, description. Because was it, Willie's introduction. He was he was talking about how de- how deceptive we can be about ourselves and how it's so easy to yes. to not actually see see reality. But here it is spelled out in just horrid, horrid detail. Hmm. And that's the lengths that the Lord goes to to actually mm-hmm. win his people <laughs> to not leave them in yeah. that
2: horrible mess. Because Ezekiel's first. The people Ezekiel was ministering to, remember, they were also in exile. They were some of the first to have been taken away. Mm. And Willie said in his intro that they actually felt they were being hard done by, by the Lord for this. And he was just laying it out. Mm. He said, you think you've been hard done by? You think you've been hard done by? Really? Mm. And he just lays it out in this horrible, vivid. And, you know, the Hebrew, the Hebrew's got the, yeah, Mm. it's vulgar.
0: I think it's also like like what Lily was saying about the self deception, self delusion. Sorry, Um, you know it's really easy to like have a kind of very rose tinted view of your own life and your own sin as well, Mm. and oh it's not that bad, and Mm. you know oh we're not that bad. It's like I'm really thankful for Jesus, but you know (laughs) you know I'm okay, and actually the reality is that like this is what we would all be like, or but by God's grace, and. Yeah, it's, it is ugly and I think yeah. it's supposed to be very yeah. ugly,
2: isn't it? No, you can think about your sin in kind of purely mechanical ways yeah. that I've just I've just rejected a system of commandments. Mm-hmm. But it's not that. it's it, mm. it, it, This is showing the heart of what sin is, which is to spit in the face of your lover. Mm-hmm. What was the quote what well, they said? Yes, sin incurs guilt,
1: but also spits in the face of a lover.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you sin, you can think of lawlessness... Not in those terms. To depersonalize yeah. sin, whereas actually, it's deeply personal. Mm-hmm. It's always deeply personal against
1: God. Some of us can easily accept. Oh yes, well, of course, I'm a sinner. Um, but you know, it's 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 all relative. Whereas, what was Billy saying? God, God Himself is shouting loudly. You you aren't just a sinner. You're a depraved whore. Mm. It, it 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 is utterly shocking by design mm. and.
0: It's God's grace, isn't mm, it, that he even, he spells it out exactly, you know, it's like the grace of shame, isn't it, that you know, showing you exactly what you're Mm. like Mm. in order to bring you to repentance and faith. Mm. You know, that's why it's a mercy that God exposes our sin Mm. because we seek salvation, we seek Mm. rescue. Because if we never see, I mean, that's why it's terrible when people think they're fine (laughs) or think they're good. Mm. That's such a curse, isn't it? Because Mm. if you're hard-hearted and you don't realize, no, I'm a wicked sinner, then you're never gonna think I need rescued from anything. Um, from a holy God and yeah. yeah I think it's you know anyone who's been um, maybe treated in just like a human sense mm. um, like someone's been unfaithful to them in their in a relationship oh. um, you know even just a tiny fraction of what like the pain and the hurt yeah. that it can cause and I think that's why it's so helpful that God talks about sin in this way because it helps us understand doesn't it mm. just how awful and egregious sin is
2: mm. and how just God's judgments are therefore as well which is what the it was the next big movement of the chapter and Israel will receive what she's lusted after was really the thing she's lusted after these you know stepping out of the allegory Israel as a nation has uh, put her trust not in the Lord mm. but has put her trust in idols and in the pagan nations, round about. And so the Lord's going to hand her over to to mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. specifically to, to Babylon, when Babylon comes in and brings in full exile, full invasion. Um, I was really struck by just Willie's point there about he just clarified this, that this section is so helpful in clarifying God's jealousy and what that means. Uh that it, it here is a right and proper jealousy. It's yeah. like the type of jealousy you would find in a healthy marriage. You know, it is right and fitting and good that a husband wants the faithfulness of his wife and vice versa. Um there would be something wrong in a marriage if wouldn't you know, if you know, a, a wife was happy that her husband was out uh, doing this, that and the other. And the other way around as well. It's uh but that that's what God's jealousy is like. It's we tend to read into it. It's A negative word for uh-huh.
1: for us, but actually, it's you know, a right jealousy is protective of something good and beautiful. Yeah,
0: that's good. And if your husband or wife wasn't jealous for you going off with someone else, then there's something deeply wrong yeah. in the relationship, yeah, isn't definitely. there? Yeah, definitely. Um, if there's you need no need to get help for them, yeah. 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 To... And one thing I was wondering about was um, Willie's this is just back a little bit, just from verse 16 to 22 and um, just the fact that Israel had turned to. Um, worship the same things as the surrounding nations and basically Mm. um yeah had sort of recently wanting and desiring this sort of all the same as the corrupt people around them Mm. and just just questioned you know to what extent or how do we maybe get back bogged down with wanting to be kind of in mission but then also wanting to be popular and Willie was spoke a little bit about just the folly of um seeking alliance with the world, powers and society, um, and just how foolish that is because the world will always just want to abuse alliances. Yeah. Um and I just, yeah, what do you think? I just I I yeah, personally yeah. I really like being popular and yes. I like I like people liking me. I, I don't really know anyone who doesn't. But um mm. you know where does like for example, um where does things like winsomeness stop and just trying to please people and being sort of socially acceptable start? You know what I mean? I don't know. How do we work that one out?
1: What do you think, Kitty?
0: I think it takes wisdom. I think it also which I don't have, so you have to pray for wisdom. Oh uh, I'm not sure that. But true. oh yeah, thanks. Sorry, I was fishing. Um But I think you do I think you need to um be honest with yourself, a bit like what Willie was saying at the start. Um, mm. Or have someone, a friend, a Christian friend who can be brutally honest with you mm-hmm. and be willing to accept their honesty. Mm. And like, even if you don't like what they're saying, mm-hmm. think long and hard about what they've said. Mm. Um, because I think the temptation like, a, you know, is to, to hold back and not say anything mm. because, you know, especially if you're working hard at building relationships with people who are not in the church family. For example, um, it can take time to build up relationships and build up trust, and um, and that's that's good and it's uh, something to invest in and that's worthwhile. But um, basically, you know, personally, I think I don't want to like not have a backbone either. So yeah. it, it's trying to like be godly, mm. gracious. Um, you're not looking for a fight, but it's also just you know being prepared to say true. Things even when it's hard yeah. at times, yeah, you know, because otherwise yeah. we're not really <coughs> yeah. being salt and and light. Yeah. We're not really being distinctive yeah. to this culture. I don't know. Really challenging
2: world word to church leaders personally. Mm-hmm. I, I I you know if I come and preach to come and preach on a passage and there's something in there that I, you know I would be tempted to gloss over because I might be fearful for the response. You know, I, I think the telling sign there is that if I do gloss over something difficult in the passage purely because it's difficult, then I've, I've, I'm, I should probably step down, actually. <laughs> mm. You know, it's uh, it's because uh, Willie's thing was when the church wants to seek alliance and allegiances with the world to make it more relevant and he said this, you look at church history, when the church has done that, the church has been swamped by the world at that point and just been overcome by the world and handed over. It's ended up in Babylon, basically. And it's a it's a challenging he's, thing.
0: He was talking about mission, wasn't he? And just, I guess, we can be thinking, oh, like, how can we be more missional or, yeah, I guess, be more relevant or something yeah, like that, I don't
2: yeah. know. Yeah. No, yeah. Re- relevant, I take it. He was meaning relevant by not saying the challenging things. You know.
1: I think a helpful a hopeful way to think in all of this is, you know, what's what's our heart actually longing for? And, you know, praying in light of that because do we you know, do we love people enough that we actually we actually want them more than anything to, to know the Lord Jesus? Mm. And there'll be great costs that we, we we have to go to for that. Um and if our hearts are longing actually most for our friends then there will be there'll come a point where we're we have to just accept okay there might there might be bumps in the road in this relationship mm. because they're confronted at church with something that they might not want to hear or in our conversations about what they might not want to hear but i love them too much i actually want them to know jesus so much that i won't not say this mm. and there's a, there's a challenge in that to all of us and yeah, But wonderfully the Lord changes hearts, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And if we ask for his help, he he can do that.
0: So despite um Israel's complete rejection of God, despite the fact that God had completely rescued Israel out of obscurity from nothing, made them his you know, incredible special nation and now they've rejected him and then it was good finished on a high after like yeah. a, a lot of horrible stuff in that chapter with like the restoration.
2: It was glorious, wasn't it? And he did really, you know, cause really said, Lord will be faithful to his covenant curses that he lays out. He will be, he will remember that and see that done. So it's not like exile is not going to happen at will, but you know, the end of the chapter and also the end of chapter 17, they, they, they both end, with a wonderful picture of what's to come beyond exile and uh, this extraordinary restoration where the Lord will remember his covenant, his promises. It's always a wonderful thing when you hear that in Scripture, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The Lord remembering. Mm-hmm. That's what our assurance should be based on. Not our remembering of the Lord, but his remembering of his promises. Um. There is hope for Israel, even for, will Willie said, the chief of sinners. Um... A great saviour will atone for their sins. And who will the the saviour be? Will it be the Lord himself? You have a Bible, Ezekiel 16. The last verse of it is wonderful. The Lord says, I atone for you for all that you have done, declares the Lord. That's what he's going to do and that's what he did (laughs) when he came in the flesh Mm -hmm. in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um. And uh, it, was, it was a lovely, striking thing as well, Katie. We were talking about this earlier at the end of chapter 17, the way the, it speaks about a new king coming where the Lord the Lord God will plant his new king who will reveal the Lord to the world in the way that Israel as a nation failed to do. And he will exalt the humble and lift them up. Um, and uh, the way it's described, actually, if you're in growth groups, Wish I, I I hope you are, me, if you're listening. If you're not in a growth group, come see me or contact me. I'd love to hear from you and talk more about it. Anyway, um, but uh, we, we studied Mark chapter four and um, at growth groups the other week and the Lord Jesus lifts these words at the end of chapter 17 out and basically applies them to himself and his own kingdom.
0: Mm.
2: He is the great king who will bring in this kingdom that, you know, is... Currently, at that time, it was like a mustard seed, and yet now it grows and grows and grows and grows into the the, the biggest tree of all the other garden plants and trees, towers over all of them. It's so big that 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 you know, birds can come and nest. And he's talking there about his kingdom, the church. Um, that we see at the very end of the Bible, in in the Book of Revelation, filling the world, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's the same gospel all the way through. Yeah. um but it was a wonderful yeah way to to end in such a dark mm. chapter where the horrors of sin are laid out and we've got to pay attention to that but we've also got to lay out the glories of our hope yeah and who the lord is and his covenant promises and uh, and the one who fulfills all of mm. them who is is our savior but also our, our sovereign our lord
0: I think you just want to cling on so much more as well to like the hope they have in Christ mm. when you've had the reality of the mm. human heart exposed mm. in that chapter. Cause you know, it's like um, somewhere in scripture where Jesus says, you know, those who've been forgiven much will love much. And I think yeah. when you realize how much we've been forgiven, then you do like, you do love the Lord more because you're thinking, Oh wow, what an amazing grace, isn't it? Of mm. God that he saved us. And yeah. It's, yeah. If you don't have that darkness, you won't appreciate the light so much, will you? No. Mm. Um, and I think it's really wonderful that actually today we can see how Jesus' promises and the parable of the mustard seeds is already like yeah. coming true, isn't it? Like throughout the world, there's people worshipping the Lord. Yep. We're in Scotland, you know. Yes. We, you know, there's like people all over the, the world basically worshipping yeah. Christ and. It's just exciting, isn't it, to think, you know, how God's going to be at work through, yeah, the whole world. And he is, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> Josh, um, we'll chat about your um, sermon in the evening. Um, and um, you started off um, speaking about the fact that um, Jesus can't just be our saviour. He needs to be our saviour and Lord. And, um, yeah, I wonder why Why do you think that is such a common issue amongst you know, people who... They want to trust in Jesus, but actually, maybe they stop because they're thinking, "Oh, actually, yeah, I'll take him as my savior, but not my Lord."
1: Yeah, it is quite common, um, and it's actually largely going to be based on a misunderstanding of what it is that he's Lord, because it, it it people find that talking about him as Lord and having to obey him and all the rest, it's oh, it sounds very ugh, um, I like hard work or that that's not very. Uh, in keeping with how gracious and all that he that he is, but it's it's to misunderstand that actually his rule, his kingdom, uh, which is you know how salvation comes to us, um, is actually um, blessed. Um, God's law beautifully kind of pictures what his kingdom is going to be like, um, mm. and it's it's a wonderful picture where life is cherished, where um, people's mm. flourishing is protected, and and all these sorts of things um but the the bottom line is you you can't have one without the other um salvation comes to us as we submit to Jesus as king and um as we're as we're rescued we're we're pulled into his kingdom we're pulled out of the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom hmm. um and so life in his kingdom begins and it looks like um well the king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and do you think that's related? Really, I mean, it must be because you were talking about it, like related to the fact that dead religion is so popular because it's kind of like rule keeping. It's kind of very much you're in control of. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think I do think dead religion is. There's an attraction to it. You can fixate on minutia. You can um, create as many different tick boxes as you want, and as long as you keep ticking them or mm. telling yourself you're staying within the bounds of them, then. You don't need to deal with actually what else is going on. You can, in a sense, hide from the, the weight and woe of sin that we were saying in Ezekiel. Yeah, you, can you can salve your conscience.
2: It's one of the ways, one of the tools the human heart will use to deceive itself mm. uh, from the reality and that we we need God's mercy is the only way, uh, You know, uh, as opposed to what the truth is, which is we need to come to the sin doctor and we need to put ourselves under his... Word, and his authority. That's right. It, to to
1: bring it out in a kind of real life example, often young people, when they're, you know, perhaps in a romantic relationship, there's that classic question of how far is too far. But it, in answering that, it's a, it's a it's a bad question because it's not actually about honouring the Lord Jesus. It's what can I get away with, mm-hmm. and as long as I don't cross this line, that you tell me that there's a line everything's all right and you know, I haven't done anything, anything, anything possible, possibly wrong. Um, and so, you know, creating tick boxes, whatever they are, um, you, you're you creating a, a safety net as long as you, as long as you stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess then,
0: it's a good way of like judging other people as well because you can sort of feel proud about the boxes that you've mm-hmm. ticked compared to like, you know, Phil over there is <laughs> not, it takes like so many or whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wondered whether um, it it was quite interesting. I thought what you were saying about the blessings and the woes, and just this idea of like Jesus saying, you know, woe when all people speak well of you, and it it's not. the say it was like more kind of like maybe it's more to an individual, but it's sort of similar to kind of what maybe Willie was preaching on in the morning, just like this warning of the church or, or an individual Christian thinking of like this is the best possible thing mm. I can have is that everyone thinks well of me. And yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just something maybe we're we're gonna have to like try and cope with more as the culture it seems to be getting further away from mm. the gospel and biblical mm. standards.
2: And as Christians are seen to be more and more dangerous. That's yes. what was the point you pulled out.
0: That's right. I think
1: um it's very it's very striking. Blessed, 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 blessed. And we look at all of those things and think, how on earth can that possibly be blessed? Um, and so there, there is a, you know, it comes to us to think, um, do I believe this? Do I mm. believe that this mm. is the blessed life? But it's also interesting at the end of both the blessings and the woes, it speaks about the prophets. Um, and so in verse 23, if you've, if you've got a Bible, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. Mm. So the, the 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 true prophets, the true preachers, um, were hated and reviled, and their their names were dirt. But then at the end of the woes, verse twenty six, woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to you. the false prophets. And so there's quite a striking, mm-hmm. um, striking thing there actually relates to, you know, what do we make of um, preachers and and churches? Um, you know, is it uncomfortable that we're you know they're confronting us with things we don't want to be confronted with um well that that's probably healthier than actually this is this is really lovely you know this is this is easy you know there's not really many bumps in the road here there's not really many issues well it's quite it's quite pointed the Mm celebrate the celebrated prophets Mm. are the false ones um and the the blessed ones are the ones whose names are dirt Mm. on account of the lord jesus um
0: I do wonder whether that's just something maybe we don't really think about much because we're in a kind of post-Christian culture where most of the time people aren't against what we're doing or saying so much. Um, hmm. But actually maybe that's just something that we need to be thinking a bit more about, like the cost of following Jesus. And, hmm. um, you know, Jesus talks about doesn't he picking up your cross and following him and I think there's just a great temptation. I know I have this as well, like of wanting to follow Jesus, um, but not having it to be very costly, um, mm. to my friendships or whatever else, and um, and I that's think, wrong. But yeah. it's just yeah, maybe something we should be thinking about more. I don't know. Definitely,
2: I think we all. F- I think, I think, it's very common. I feel like that mm-hmm. as well. I, 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 you know, and especially if you like people. Mm. And you want to love people, you want to form relationships with people and you, you know, you want to, you can get to the point where you become a people pleaser and it's, that, that's the thing that dominates your life and that's the goal. You can start to see that as being, you know, the goal of, of mission as a church is just to be thought well of by the world around you and, um. You know, there is a sense in which, you, of course, you want the church to be thought well of by the mm-hmm. world, in the sense of being godly and being good mm-hmm. and wholesome and a place of flourishing. Um, but when uh, you don't want to count the cost and be, you know, uh, hated because you bear the name of Jesus, that's something that I, I think we need to mm-hmm. pray for, uh, spine and yeah, yeah <laughs> and we see that that is the blessed life. You know, there's a striker, isn't it in Acts when? The apostles are persecuted for the first time, and they they go back and they give thanks to God for it, mm. and they rejoice, mm. probably because they're remembering Jesus teaching from here.
0: Yeah, because mm. you're it. not always gonna be liked. You know, someone who was telling me last week that, you know, in their workplace there's a lot of, um, bad chat about other people, mm. other staff members, and, and actually just not. Getting involved in that discussion can Mm. make you the outcast Mm. and actually can make you disliked because you're not involving yourself in In the the chat about whether Mm. it's the boss or not. But, Mm. you know, so just even doing that right thing, even if you're not even saying, oh, don't do that, Mm. you can sort of make yourself the outsider and disliked, but that, you know, obviously that's the right thing to do. It's just, it's hard. And I think, I guess we just probably need to encourage each other to keep doing those sorts of things.
1: I think that's right. And, and look and Jesus in saying these things isn't, isn't saying it's it's not hard. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not saying that um you should feel, you should feel a conscious sense of warmth and blessing when people are spitting at you. Mm. That, that, that it's in and of itself. It's not necessarily what he's saying is blessed, but it, mm. what he, what he goes on to say is, Rejoice in that day, and for joy, for your reward is great in heaven, and that's what they did to the prophets. It's, there's an assurance and a reassurance in it that actually this is the this is the path to um glory and an eternity with the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. where um, his kingdom will, will will be perfectly spread across the whole world. Mm. Um, there, there's there's great reassurance when because <laughs> actually when people are um spurning you and scorning you for belonging to the Lord Jesus. It's because you actually do belong to the Lord Jesus. <laughs> there's great reassurance well,
2: in that. Yeah. And also the the fact that Luke and Jesus assume that it's hard is explains why there's another bit of teaching after it about loving your enemies, about what yeah. to do when you've you've faced that. And I was struck with that, Josh. I like just wanted to ask you just about the the point. You just said it in passing. It was really helpful, but the section from verse twenty seven to verse uh, thirty six is not saying, it's not teaching that the Christians are to be doormats all the time. That's right. Um, but it is saying that they are to we are to respond rightly and not stoop to the level of those who are persecuting us. Um, just struck me that point.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's not. It's not saying in general life. You know, if someone is trying to pickpocket you, you know, you don't try and resist it and you know, just ha- hand over all your worldly goods at every possible opportunity? Of course not. The context here is all to do with um, under pressure and persecution for belonging to Jesus. And, mm. and so I think the, the thrust of it is um, reflect reflect Jesus, don't stoop to their level and don't let it be seen, don't give a whiff of actually I want to disassociate from Jesus because of this. Mm. Quite the opposite. So don't, don't let it be seen. No, I, I don't want to give you my tunic. Oh, so you don't really love Jesus. You know, it's not going to be as, yeah. uh, as, as, as brazen as that, but you know, if if suddenly it's going to cost you your job and people suddenly see you wavering a little bit and changing your story. Well, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. is that communicating really? That mm, I'm in it with Jesus until it, until it costs me. Or if, you know, it's, there's ang, angry vitriol towards you if the response is wanting to lash out um in a sense he goes on to talk about you know we don't just love those who love us it's it's mm. the sinners it's, it's those who've actually sinned against us enemies mm. um, and, and ralph davis is sort of in his sort of inimitable style um you know the christian love ought to leave the world astounded scratching their heads <laughs> because it just to them, it can't make sense, mm. mm-hmm. um, and it, it that does pr- provoke a mm. provoke a, gosh, we've we've piled on so much, but their responses, and in a sense, mm. what they're what they're seeing and concluding in that is that's so like Jesus, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is which is exactly what what he did, um, you mm. know, when the soldiers' ears cut off, what's he do? He rebukes his disciples, he, just, he undoes the damage, um, mm-hmm. doesn't defend himself he owns the reality of hmm. this is, this is what I've come to do. I'm laying my life down. They may be mocking and spitting at me and mistreating me and all the rest, but what, what am I about? I'm about salvation. Hmm. And it, it it's very, it's very, very challenging. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, this is Jesus manifesto to his, his, his disciples. This is what life with me looks like. Hmm. And he's not, he's not not meaning this he means it so much that he died as an innocent man on a cross and, um, you know, it, we, we need to, we, we need to you know, think, think about it and, and take it seriously. And of course we don't suddenly do it. Mm. It's, it's learning over a lifetime of mm. respond, responding in little ways builds up to help us to, to do it in, in, in drastic ways. And, you know, we do it with the spirit's help and all sorts of things, but uh, it, it is, a, it's, a it's pretty stark words that, it, that yeah. Jesus is speaking about. Love love your enemies, love those who are actually trying to crush you. Mm.
0: Mm. I think, I guess, if you think about how people came to faith in Christ and how many people have had like the love of a friend or the love of a family member or mother or father as a witness to the love of Christ, mm. um, it's probably quite striking. I'd, I'd imagine if you like, by far the majority of people. Mm. It was somebody's loving kindness, and care and getting alongside you investing in you, which was a great testimony to Christ. So I think, you know, it's no small thing, is it? And just, I think that's why it's helpful what you are saying about like we need to come to Jesus, hear his words and also do what he says, Hmm. not just kind of pay lip service or attend Hmm. church or whatever, but um, really think about how this has to apply to my life and how I'm living my life. Um, Yeah.
1: It's not it's not a dramatic the life of faith isn't dramatic looking it's not all glitzy and all the rest. It mm-hmm. it's coming to Jesus with empty hands, being honest about ourselves, knowing that we're in need. Um and as we come to him there's there's he becomes our our, our gracious rescuer, but also our glorious ruler and it it's uh do, doing what he says isn't uh oh, this is the thing we have to do to get the good stuff. Hmm. That that's to misunderstand, it's actually his, w- his way is the way of flourishing and, mm-hmm. and life. And, and
2: wholeness. Wholeness.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Great. Well, I think that's a good place to end. Um, thanks yeah. for your time. Um, Josh, are you preaching next Sunday?
2: I'm not. It's... I hand over to Paul. Who is preaching on Revelation in the morning. Brilliant. And uh, I believe we're looking at uh, what Revelation uh, teaches us about Christmas. In particular, about Christ coming. Um, and then... Uh, of course, remember, we've got the f- Festival of Christmas on Sunday evening at Kelvin Grove. So we hope to see you there and uh, we would be praying that you've got something to bring with you to hear the best news of all time. I believe we're still in look
1: for that, for Songs of a Seaver's Birth.
0: Great, thanks. <laughs>